Mike Mastovich, Sports Department of Tribune Democrat, joins us to talk about all things local with sports within our region. Um, this is a great time of year, Mike. Uh, I can't think of a more exciting time to talk about local athletes uh, as school years wind down. Thanks for joining us today, Mike. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me on, Bo. Hey, and as we talk about these athletes, it's so nice to hear the stories. One, one thing I've always said about you with the work that you do, Mike, is is that you're able to follow a lot of these young people as they uh, succeed locally, and a lot of these uh, kids go on to do things to get some national attention and uh, we have uh, quite an array of, uh, of, of students that are doing uh, very 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 well but first let's start off with the local kids who are graduating this year that are moving on uh, to other uh, schools you know to, to continue uh, playing sports yeah. it's always so great to you know for me to see that I, I mean there's so many young people out there that are succeeding it's always exciting to see those those press conferences you know at the schools and see who's who's moving on that that has to be a real fun part of your job yeah i was at um i was at a pretty uh interesting one on friday greater johnstown high school had a a signing ceremony but uh with athletic director Kerry Fowle and the administration there, they, they like to try to make it more like an event. There's actually a crowd of 20 or 30 people there, mm -hmm. like parents, coaches, and supporters. And they had five uh, student-athletes that announced their uh, plans for a future in college and their sports. And those five signed, and it was the usual signing thing where you're there and you, you sign a sheet and, and there's photos taken and sometimes, you know, then the parents get in and all that. But on top of that, they actually uh, recognized – all of that, uh, all of their athletic programs, Laurel Highlands Athletic Conference, all conference players in every sport for the whole year, which was a nice little touch. And then uh, one of the, the volleyball players, Courtney Rummel, had 1,094 career digs, and they presented her with a little shovel and uh, <laughs> with the inscription on it. And then they also announced uh, District 6 does a really great thing where uh, they have $20,000 in scholarships, so they break it down. And it's a Dean Rossi Memorial Scholarship. Dean Rossi was a great uh, advocate of District 6 and administrator and AD. Mm -hmm. So uh, every school in District 6 uh, receives a, a boy and a girl scholarship, and it's $200 scholarship. So you think about District 6, how huge it is. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's a, a very cool gesture. So they actually uh, had the two Dean Rossi scholarship winners announced there, which uh, was the Courtney Rummel of volleyball and uh, Brock uh, Merzaka, who plays three sports, soccer, uh, baseball, and ice hockey. So that was a different one. And then, you know, throughout the area, I also Friday I was at Connemore Valley for Anna Gumby signed to play two sports at Westminster. Mm -hmm. And it's just more frequent. Like throughout the last couple of weeks, if you've looked at the Tribune Democrat or TribDem.com, we've had signing stories. Uh, some days, two or three of them in the same day. So, um, yeah. like you said, it, it is an exciting time. I know I went through it myself, so it's as a parent, you feel really, uh, you know, proud of uh, your child, your student athlete for taking that next step, and you know, it's, a, it's a big part of uh, preparing for life for, yeah. for the uh, student athlete. You know what I find special about it, Mike, is that you have such 
a lot of times different different kids, uh, obviously different kids, but also a variety of sports, you know, represented at those schools as well. And I'm sure that, you know, personality-wise, family backgrounds of the families that are there often couldn't be more different from each other. And it just shows the importance of, like, you know, that how, how, how sports can be just a mechanism to greater things in life. Just so awesome. Right, yeah. You're used to seeing, say, like a, a football signee or a, or a basketball for boys or girls signee, um, sometimes baseball. But no, as you said, there, there are other sports that are becoming prominent in terms of signings, and some are big-time scholarships. Mm-hmm. Uh, within the last five years, I've noticed rifle. We have some rifle programs at Portage, Conwell Township, among others. I don't, don't want to try to name them all because you miss people, but uh, mm. big scholarships I've seen – some of the student-athletes who shoot rifle uh, earn them. Now, the latest thing, which has happened over the last year or two years I've seen a lot of, is eSports. Yes. So I, I just did one at uh, Wimber uh, about two weeks ago for eSports for St. Francis. St. Francis has a, you know, a pretty, uh, a pretty ahead-of-the-curve eSports program, and I've seen a lot of people sign with them. So. Mm. Uh, hmm. Definitely uh, a, a new trend. Some of the sports that you might not uh, have seen in 10, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of people are taking advantage of that and furthering their academics. Yeah, and uh, some interesting stories as well about uh, some young people uh, who graduated from local schools who are uh, now uh, making interesting stories with uh, uh going on doing uh, bigger and better things right now but um, the story of Ethan Dabbs is one that is incredibly interesting because I did not know uh, that this young man I've heard the name before but I had no idea that this young man a Richland graduate was so skilled world-class isn't he oh exactly Ethan Dabbs uh, growing up um you know, I followed him a lot. He, he was the same age as uh, my youngest son, and, and they played baseball in the same circles. So I knew him and followed him. He was a heck of a baseball player. Mm-hmm. He was on those Johnstown uh, B-Hell Boilers uh, Pony League teams that always would advance the Pony League World Series. So everybody thought of him as a baseball guy in the spring. But then uh, in high school, he started splitting time, baseball and track and field. And then at the end of his uh, high school career, he concentrated solely on track as a javelin thrower. And, boy, he just – took off. He uh, emerged on the statewide level, PIAA medalist and, and winner, and then gets a uh, you know scholarship to go Division One in the ACC, wow. uh, University of Virginia. Yeah. And no, he just doesn't show up there. He's uh, really doing great. He is a three-time ACC champion in the javelin throw. And this year when he three-peated, he threw the best javelin of the the whole in the whole country mm. for this season, mm-hmm. 272 feet. Mm. That's uh, amazing for a Richland grad. Ethan Dabbs, uh, uh, just a, a great athlete. If you see the photos of him, you, you see the guy. You know, puts in so much time and uh, just does a great job at the NCAA Division One level. That javelin is such a specialty. Yeah, I always wonder yeah. what what attracts. How does a coach know? How does a parent know? How does that young man know that he's going to be good at throwing a javelin? Uh, it, you know, to me, that's absolutely 
remarkable yeah. finding finding the javelin and finding the space, you know, because that's exactly. that's something and, you have to be very careful yeah. throwing. Yeah, <laughs> yes, and similarly, uh, pole vault is a, a real specialty too. And I remember uh, years ago, Frank Peronish uh, at Northern Cambria High School. Northern Cambria always was a pole vault place. Uh, John Barron at uh, uh, Westmont Hilltop with mm-hmm. his, his son Pat Barron. They they used to you know have the, the pole vault. Uh, going there wimber had some you know there's always like a little expertise in these these field events yeah. uh, you know where you you get a coach that just had some kind of experience in college or at whatever level and they pass it on to young people and that's what it's designed to do that's remarkable ethan dabbs well congratulations uh, that that is uh, just a wonderful another story that uh, you wrote about uh, a few weeks ago. Um, I'm familiar with this name, with my association that I've had throughout the years at the Greater Johnstown School District. Uh, Anthony Barber, uh, you know the you know the Barber family, obviously involved in in Greater Johnstown School District uh, uh, sports, and he has gone on to bigger and better things as well. Yeah, Anthony Barber, uh, a very uh, impressive offensive lineman, throughout his college career. Uh, is now playing for the Vegas Nighthawks in the IFL. It's indoor arena football, and uh, that's at a pretty high level of uh, arena ball. He's a six foot five offensive lineman. Uh, joined the team in mid-April and immediately was thrown in the starting lineup. And uh, each week, when I talked to him, I think he was going into his third or fourth game, and seemed like he was getting more comfortable with that type of play every week because. You know, you're playing with fewer guys. It's like, uh, you know, seven or eight guys, just kind of like the the thunder. And everything's in motion and um, timing is the key, like because the guys that are going to be receivers or start running at the when the guy's calling the count, you got to have perfect timing to center the ball so you're not off sides and things like that. Mm-hmm. But he talked about learning how to deal with that and just how he was adapting. And uh, he's a guy that uh, started his career at uh, the uh, – small school division one level with St. Francis and uh, had a solid start to his career there. He was a starter and at the end of his career. He transferred to Lockhaven in the PSAC in division two, where uh, I did a story on how he played on the same team as his two, two brothers, yeah. uh, Austin and Sammy Barber. Right. And uh, that was pretty cool. So after he ended that, um, he was working out to try to draw attention and perhaps be drafted by the NFL or sign a free agent contract with the NFL played in some, uh, uh, senior showcase type those bowl games that are uh, for for the NFL scouts to see guys coming out of college. He played played in one of those All Star games uh, that that was designed for Division Two, II, Division Three, and Small Division One. So he made an impression there. Uh, G. Roy Simon, who was a teammate of, of uh, Sam Barber Senior, his, his dad, mm-hmm. uh, guided them, gave them some advice, and everybody knows G. Roy Johnston High grad, uh, CFL all time leading receiver, just. Phenomenal. He's now with uh, Edmonton, and he's a assistant GM in the league, and just doing great things. He yeah. has for 25 years. So G. Roy gave him advice on on uh, you know how to pursue his career. A few things he needed to improve. He didn't sugarcoat anything. He said you got to improve this area and that area. He said the best way to do it uh, is sign on with this uh, indoor team, and that's what he's done. And so far, it seems like he's progressing. Wonderful. Ah, wish him. All the best. Mike Masovich, Tribune Democrat, joining us. We're talking about local sports, local athletes. Uh, Trey Mago uh, was uh, a Ferndale grad uh, as, as a pitcher. Uh, was a pleasant surprise with the Altoona curve, but he, he's made his way up to Triple A Bowl now, hasn't he? 
Yes, I talked to Trey uh, a couple weeks ago, and um, he, he was settling in with Indianapolis uh, Pirates AAA affiliate, and uh, he had had uh, some minor uh, injury-type problems early in the season, so they were working him back in with a ending of relief here, ending of relief there, and then gradually then he became back to his left-handed starting uh, position. So he's played, he's appeared in eight games so far with the Indianapolis. Five of those were starts. Mm-hmm. Uh, 17 and two-thirds innings, he's 1-0, and 3.06 mm. ERA, which is solid. He has 13 yeah. strikeouts and only four walks. So that's, um, he went to Ferndale, as you said, and then Mount St. Mary's, and he's a triple ABA uh, product. He played uh, in the tournament with uh, Martellus Pharmacy. So he's got all kinds of local ties. He was a Flood City guy. Um, doing, doing well, his forte the whole way through his career is his control, and that's mm. – uh, one of the things the Pirates really touted about him, and as you see, 13 strikeouts, only four walks. Um, you know, he gave him a couple home runs early, and uh, that's something he's probably working on uh, to try to cut down on that. But um, Trey is one step away from the major league, so mm-hmm. everybody's hoping that maybe he'll get his shot. Who knows? <laughs> the way the Pirates are playing lately, uh, you never know. So. Yeah, that's exactly right. You know, the Pirates have a need for uh, starting pitching. So, uh, boy, it'd be great to see him there. Because, you know, his name just came up in conversation with my son and uh, a couple guys that he uh, played ball with at Winbur, you know, were saying about, you know, that they all faced him. And how exciting that would be to say, you know, in high school, I got to bat off a guy that's now in the major leagues. I got to follow one off a guy pitching in the major yeah. leagues. That's that's pretty awesome because I think to a lot of people, um, he uh, he came out of nowhere and and has and, and has really um, uh, done a great job and and so all indications kind of show that he is on a path that you know could put him in, in the major leagues within a few years, right? Yeah, I, I mean, that's, uh, everything looks positive. That's what everybody's hoping. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, it just he's consistent. When he was with the curve last summer, mm-hmm. I talked to the GM. I did a big feature on him somewhere at the end of July. And the GM said, you know, when, when Trey is announced his pitching, you know, he announced on Monday he's pitching on Thursday, their ticket sales for Thursday would just <laughs> go off the, you wow. know, off the charts yeah. uh, compared to what they would have been. He was like, so, uh, not only successful but popular because of how you know the local ties. There be when I went to cover a game, he was pitching. There's a bunch of little leagues from our area were there, represented, and uh, you know he just um, you know he did a solid job at, at the double A level. He was the curve pitcher of the year, right? And uh, you know the Pirates um, thought enough of him to move him up to Triple A. Well, we we wish them uh, wish him very well and all the athletes as they go on. Uh, you know, furthering their uh, journeys here. These these make for really great stories, Mike. They really do. Mike Masovich, yeah. Tribune Democrat, joining us uh, here. And a, a couple uh, big things coming up, too, Mike. We obviously uh, have the Johnstown Mill Rats, who will uh, con- continue uh, their uh, season uh, beginning very, very soon. We, we have some uh, adaptions made at the Point Stadium that I understand is, you know, as well. So uh, another exciting season for them or anybody who is going to take yeah. part in games down at the Point. Yeah, they've, um, you know, the lighting has been upgraded. As we, I think we talked about one of the earlier uh, interviews, the, the turf was uh, – Long overdue, but it was replaced in October was when it was unveiled. Looks beautiful. The Thunder just completed their season there. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
the Mill Rats and the Johnson Collegiate Baseball League getting ready to gear up. Uh, they both start um, in, a, in about a two week, within two weeks. So mm-hmm. usually, I think the first home games are in June, and uh, the Collegiate League is kicked to the last week of May. But anyway, uh, yeah, the stadium looking great. And then they also uh, have constructed a, a larger press box in the middle of the concourse behind home plate, which is between the two press boxes. One was built last year. So there is like three structures there, and one of them, uh, the biggest one, which has a balcony on the second floor, is uh, from the way it was explained to me, is the Mill Rats office. And I guess the, the one right below that, there's a whole area. I'm not sure who's going to be using what press boxes, but I know last year the media was in the one on the right side, and then the guys that ran the scoreboard and everything were on the left side. So now they got three press boxes to work with. I think there's uh, maybe merchandise or concessions might be in one of them. I mm-hmm. don't quote me on that because I'm not hundred percent sure, but uh, just a lot, like you said, a lot going on down there, yeah. a lot of improvements, um, much needed and uh, much appreciated. Great to see Sonny Hannah amateur also sneaking up on us here. Uh, not all that far away. Is it? Yeah. June 15th, June 18th. This is a big year because this is the first year that uh, the elite amateur golf series was announced last uh, fall, late fall, early winter. Um, and what that is is seven amateur tournaments, some of the biggest amateur tournaments in the country, have all like combined to be a part of the Elite Amateur Golf Series. And Sunny Hannah is the first event in among those seven. And, and to put it in perspective, <clears throat> these seven tournaments in the Elite Amateur Golf Series have a combined 680 years of tournaments. Oh so Sunny Hannah, which is in its 69th tournament, June 15th uh, to 18th, is... Uh, joining this series and it's uh quite a bit of prestige to be a part of that yeah uh, that's awesome and again you know with golf tournaments uh over the course of this last weekend uh, you know to me it's always fun to see who's involved and who is involved in the leaderboard that has spent some time up at sunny hannah and it just reminds us that often you might be surprised the names that have come yeah. and played on that course really cool yeah, it is amazing, especially um, over the last 10 or 15 years, um, the, the emphasis has been more on those guys out of college and uh, the mid-ams kind of, or there's a smaller number of the mid-ams, the older guys, and there's a larger number of the young phenoms, and even some of the guys over the years have been like the teenage phenoms and the guys that are in Division One golf. So my point is, a lot of those guys are going on to big things right out of you know their college years, and, mm-hmm. uh, so you're more likely to have a lot, a lot of those people playing here and then moving on to bigger and better things in the in the PGA mm-hmm. and uh, joining that great list of Sunny Anna alumni go on to win majors. Yeah, that's really awesome. A few more minutes with Mike Mastovich, uh, Sports Department of uh, Tribune Democrat, and I know Mike. Uh, I, I you know I'm going to bring this up again only because it seems to come up again and again. Uh, last conversation that you had with uh, Bubba Connor, um, talking about all the conference changes and musical chairs uh, that's been going on with a lot of schools that have not. Um, known really what to do. Some schools were lost. Um, I live in the Winber School District, one of those school districts in Somerset County um, that uh, didn't seem to have anywhere to go after some teams left their conference. It's happening uh, all over the place, too. Is there any kind of... um, 
I guess I should ask, are, are things more settled now than what they were a month or so ago, Mike? Yeah, yes. Uh, and, and as I told Bubba when, when we talked uh, a while back, uh, the stuff that's been settled, 99% of it occurs in the 2023-24 academic year, that, mm-hmm. that athletic and academic year. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one of the moves, Portage to the Heritage, which was announced earlier than everything else, like a a year ahead of everybody else, that takes effect this fall. Porter's been moved to the Heritage. Yeah. But um, right now, the, the Laurel Highlands Athletic Conference, uh, which is one of our main conferences in this region, uh, that was finally settled when the five, they called them the Somerset County Five, they had been invited to the Laurel Highlands Conference, and at one point it looked like 27 teams were going to be in the Laurel Highlands. Right now, the Laurel Highlands is 13, so it was going to add 14 teams. Mm. Well, now... Uh, somewhere in the middle of that, uh, Connemouth Township decided to go to the Heritage, and that took it at Somerset 5 down to 4. Mm-hmm. And most of the Somerset 5 had agreed they want to go wherever they go, like pretty much as a, a group. Right. So they, so four of them chose to, uh, you know, originally their boards all approved for them to join the Laurel Highlands, but it never had been official yet. So four of the schools decided to go to the inter-county conference, and uh, those were uh, uh, Wimber, Berlin, and uh, North Star, and Myersdale. Mm-hmm. So those four plus the fifth one was uh, was Conwell Township, decided to go to Harris. So they all said, originally said they were going to Laurel Highlands, but then they said, no, now we're the inter-county suits our schools better in terms of size and things like that. And the, and I got to backtrack a little bit. Originally, when those five wanted to go to the inter-county, back when this whole process started last year, they uh, the inter-county only wanted them for football only. Mm. Well, then things changed, and the inter-county decided we're going to let these people go in for all sports. Yeah. So that's why it became suddenly more appealing for them to go to the inter-county. Yeah. So now the uh, Laurel Highlands ended up adding a bunch of teams instead of 27 teams in the conference. It's going to go from 13 to 22. Wow. So Royal Highlands will have 22 teams. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, uh, from the Westpac, Connemaw Valley will join the Heritage mm-hmm. with uh, with Portage, and then uh, two years ago, the Cambria Heights joined. <laughs> so, yeah. so there's so much, uh, so much mixing going in here, and uh, the Westpac is the one that's kind of you know, in limbo. Well, for football, after this year, basically none of the Westpac teams will be left. So, yeah. um, the teams that are remaining in the Westpac got to figure out where they're going. Because, like Rockwood, which is a non-football school, decided to join the inner county mm-hmm. uh, in its other sports. So, there's still some things that have to be ironed out um, in terms of where some of those non-football schools are going to end up. Mm-hmm. Right now, uh, the Laurel Highlands is like it's 22 teams, and you know the heritage is strong and. Inner counties picked up uh, the Somerset County Five. So, well, at the very least, it seems as if that there is a lot more competitive balance now than there was. You know, I'm glad that this was all thought out because this does seem to make a lot more sense, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, it, it's um, you know, it got kind of hectic and for a while there, but I, I like that the end of the whole process, like when I, I interviewed Scott Close, he's uh, Somerset Athletic Director and he's chairman of the Laurel Highlands Conference. Uh, His quote in in my story was, uh, you know, there's um, no hard feelings. Like I'm I'm reading it right here, it says, we wish nothing but success to the other schools 
to mm-hmm. found homes in the ICC and the Heritage. Mm-hmm. In the end, it's all about everyone finding a place that best suits their district. So I kind of liked that it, there wasn't any like, hey, they left us. And, yeah. You know, it was like, hey, what works for you is good. That's what we want everybody to take a positive step. Yeah. Oh, that's that's great to hear. Mike Masovich, Tribune Democrat. Anybody uh, wants to reach out with any uh, good stories for you? And man, you have a ton today. I you know I especially love the individuals who are who are out there doing uh, doing great things. But say somebody has something to contribute to you, what would you advise that person to do? Sure. Yeah, my uh, email at work is uh, it's first initial last name, so it's m mastovich at tribdem dot com. Yeah. And good luck to all the baseball, softball teams uh, who are still involved. There are uh, a lot of local schools that are, are still uh, still out doing it. Uh, all the track performers out doing doing great stuff too. As I said, this is an exciting time of year. I just love it. As uh, we're, we're starting yeah. a lot of stuff with uh, with baseball too. So I'm sure, Mike. Next time we talk, there'll also be a lot to talk about. But uh, as always, really appreciate your time today. Sure. Thanks a lot, Bill. I appreciate it. Take care.